If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For all new and current subscribers, welcome back to Resilient Love. Resilient is being able to overcome difficult situations. This podcast is about love, love, tips tips on on life, life, and how to level up in your business. Let's Let's get get started started on on the journey. journey. Hi, thanks for coming back to another episode of Resilient Love. Uh, We are so excited today because we have an awesome coach and she is going to give us some great, great tips today. And so my husband and I want to pass it to Miss Barry. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you guys for inviting me on your platform. Like this is, I'm honored. I'm totally honored to be here. Um, so I'm, I'm doing great. Good, good. So let's, let's chat a little bit. What, what do you do? And um, just talk to the people about your coaching program. So I am a relationship life coach. Now to be full disclosure, the relationship I really focus on and help people with is the one they have with themselves. And a lot of times what happens with, you know, people here relationship, it's, it's so weird to me the responses I get about relationship. Single people say to me, well, I don't need your help because I'm not in a relationship. I'm like, oh, you have parents, you have coworkers, you have friends, you have yourself. You're in relationship with people all the time. Yeah. Right. And so then, of course, married people, when they reach out to me or, or they're coupled, they want to talk about what's wrong with their spouse. Um, and I've literally had several people to reach out to me who wouldn't work with me because I was always directing them to look at them like, who are you bringing to the relationship? Mm-hmm. And they struggle with that. They was like late, this one lady. <laughs> It was, it was, it's funny, it's sad, and it's cute, right? So she was just, oh, I need your help. We did a, we did a live, because um, at the time I was in China, and we met, and we sat down and we talked, and so she was sharing all these things with me that was wrong with her husband. And so I said, well, okay, here's what I do. And I explained to her, I'm going to help you reflect on, like, who you are, who you're bringing into the, to the marriage, what are your expectations, how do you define wife, how do you define husband? We're going to do all of that work together. And she goes, let me think about it. So two days later, I reached out to just see where she was. And she says, I don't, I'm not ready to do that work. Oh. <laughs> said, she, she was honest. She says, I'm not ready to do that work. So yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but yeah, I'm not going to do this right now. And the thing I need people to understand with your marriage is you can't change your spouse. That's it. You can't change your spouse. Now I learned that and it's almost a year, July <laughs> a year. We both learned that. Woo. <laughs> yes. And how fun was it trying to change your spouse? Woo! I um, I'm gonna keep it honest. When it was a situation where, cause <laughs> Q is a very, he's a night owl. I'm a morning person, so it was like, come on, Q, get up, come on, let's go walking, come on, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to realize if I want to get to a personal goal, 
I can't expect him to get on board with that goal because that's my goal. So it took me getting the disappointing, I'm tired, Brianna. <laughs> so I had to say, you know what? I got to go walk. You tired? I got to go walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for me, I had to learn how um, just, just learning that we are different. Um, I tend to work better at night. She tends to work better in the morning. And so I couldn't, I had to learn to not look at her in a funny manner just because she's falling over at 10 o'clock. <laughs> True statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yes, we definitely have done that work internally and externally. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> So let uh, let me ask you the next question is, how did you decide that relationship coaching would, was your area of focus? So, okay, I, I'd love to share my story and I share this with my husband's blessing. We moved to the UAE over two, 10 years ago. And so I'm a Christian, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> I laugh at myself because I'm tickled at the way I perceive things. So I, right before we was leaving, I kept getting the scripture um, that I'm about to do a new thing. Yeah. Whole, well, whenever we think of new things, right, at least for me, I always think shiny and bright and wonderful and good and love, you know, like good stuff. Nobody goes about old pair of sneakers, right? So, exactly. But I'm like, we went and moved to the UAE. God is going to do a new thing. Our life is about to be amazing. <laughs> So when I got there, probably a short time, I, the moment we, we arrived, Andre had gone four months before us, um, me and the children. And I know that when we were talking on the phone, he kept saying how he was different. And, you know, this, this time had been different for him and made him reflect and think. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You're different, but we're coming. <laughs> so you can get us, you know, get past this. I'm single, like, you know, what it feels like to be alone thing, right? And, but I could feel that there was a difference between us, this energy. And he kept trying to explain it, that he was in a different place mm. and that this had been challenging and all of that. Well, after being there, probably, I think maybe a week or so or two weeks, I, I grabbed his computer, but I thought the hotmail was on my email. Oh. And I'm sitting there and I literally, like, I'm seeing this conversation happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm confused at first because I'm like, who, who, are they talking to me? <laughs> right, right. I think I'm in my email. And then I realized I'm in his email and he's having this conversation with the woman. And this is not good. Right. And God is so gracious because somehow I was able to maintain my composure because my daughter's sitting right there in the room with me. And I didn't want to upset her at the time she was probably five or six years old. And I am, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I'm right. everything. I'm in another country. I have nothing. I quit my job. I have nothing. This cannot be happening to me. Who is this dude, right? Because this ain't the dude I married. This, the dude I married is loyal and kind. And like, what's happening here? So I chimed into the conversation. And I was like, hey, are you guys having an affair? And everybody went quiet. I'm like, oh, so now we're not talking. <laughs> Now that's a bold mama jamma right there. Oh, right. So, you know, long story short, I found out that he was, they was having an emotional affair and literally the, the woman, she said to me that they hadn't slept together yet because he kept putting it off. 
And I thought like, I'm not having, like I'm not entertaining this conversation with you because you weren't there with me on June 22nd, 1997. You weren't in in attendance. You weren't at the altar. You didn't make a commitment. I have, you have, you owe me nothing and I owe you nothing. So I'm not one of those women who I need the woman's perspective of what, why is this happening and what did he tell you? I don't care what he told you. That brother owes me everything. And right. so we, you know, he, he came back home because he was talking to his Blackberry. He was out when he came back home. Now I got to figure out how to have this conversation with my children in the house. Um, and we go at it. You know, I'm just like, what is this? What's going on? My husband went quiet for like two days. He wouldn't really talk about it. Who is this person? Right. right. So I'm the type that give me long enough, I'm gonna come up with a plan. Yeah. And Andre knows me. <laughs> so the moment I decided, I was like, oh, I got the solution. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna keep the kids. I'm gonna move back to America. You're gonna pay for me to live in an apartment until I can get a job. Then also for the kids. When I think that shift him, where he started yeah. thinking, like, okay, this. I know Kanisha, once she has a plan, she moves on the plan. And this when he opened up and I, you know, we just began to realize that he was not happy in the marriage, but it was a lot of his old baggage that he brought into the marriage with him. He had um, very, what's the word to use? Like for women, we have like the Cinderella ideal of marriage, right? Yeah. My husband had also had this very distorted view of love and marriage because of some stuff that happened in his past. Mm-hmm. And the blessing was, he was so hurt and devastated by his, by his own actions, he went for help. Now and so God showed me in that scripture, he said, you stop reading too early. <laughs> that scripture says, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. You will find, I will, I will provide streams in a desert. Mm-hmm. So here we were in the desert, literally. And then God just started providing. And the, what he taught me was in order to do a new thing, he has to tear up the old thing. You can't create right. something by having something old. And I reached out to a life coach. Um, she was she was a therapist. She dealt with women who dealt with portrayal. Mm. And as she was coaching me, she said, Kanisha, you have to become a coach. Because she says, you're so encouraging. You're so inspiring. And she could see that like I was willing to see on the other side of this thing for my marriage. Um, and the reason I was willing to do the work, because I know some women would say, well, if he cheated on me, I wouldn't, you don't know what you're doing to you in a situation. That's right. So true. And secondly, I was willing to do the work because my husband was willing to do the work. Like he wasn't like, well, I'm sorry, get over it. <laughs> right. And then I went and got therapy, right? He literally, he went and got counseling. He saw out there, he found out for himself what was broken inside of him, what was missing, what drove him to this woman, what, what, what need she was providing that I wasn't, but then ultimately finding out that that need only could be provided by, by God. He did the work. And the reason I knew my husband changed, and I tell people this, if you want to know if a person changed, see if their relationship with God has changed. That's the only true change. Yes, yes. That's a good, that's good right there. That's a nugget. That's a nugget. And so my husband said to me, he says, I love you. I love this family. Because, you know, we, we was working on this thing. But, you know, as women, we have some good moments. And then I remind you, you did this. Yeah. Wet, come on. <laughs> I love you. But- right? For disclosure. Like, for disclosure. <laughs> and so he said to me, he said, listen, the, the, the minister that he was under, first of all, the minister was a, he was a, 
counselor. He wasn't just a pastor. So he wasn't just praying for my husband. He had some real tools to teach Andre. And he taught Andre, he says, you created this mess. You got to bear the blunt. Whatever she needs to go through, whatever you got to do to earn her trust back, you got to do it. Like this is not not for her to get over it. This is for you to make this better. And so he called him to charge. But what God was calling me to charge is he said, he started showing me in his word. He says, you can't keep treating Andre like the old Andre. Mm-hmm. I'm showing you the new him. Because I started seeing my husband. I saw his brokenness. I saw his heart change. And when my husband said this to me, this is when I knew I could make to stay in my marriage. He said, I love you and I really want this marriage to work. But understand this. If this marriage doesn't work, if we can't find a way to make this, this relationship good, I will let you go. But what I will not give up is my newfound relationship with God. Man. I knew right then. I said, this brother is different. Yes. Because my husband had never taught like that about God. Mm-hmm. And so then we begin, okay, well, let's figure out what's the new vision. And we were, every time we would face something new back then, we'd be like, Whoop. Remember, we've only been doing this for a month. Remember, we've only been doing this for six months. Remember, this new marriage is only one year old. Like, forget the fact we've been married for 12 years. This new Kenesha, new Andre, we've only been doing this for a year. So we have to figure it out because we entered into a marriage under false pretense. Right. False beliefs, false narratives, false behaviors about what we thought marriage was. Mm-hmm. And when God destroyed all that and began to show us the new concept of marriage, we had to be kind enough to one another through the process to be like, oh, she, yeah, she just learned that. Or Kenesha, that's some old Kenesha behavior. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Dre, what, who, who's that? And, but we, we were so, it, it, it was the, like when you hear people say, um, adultery was the best thing that ever happened to our marriage. I know, I know what that means. Mm. But it only works when you got two people who are willing to do the work. Who are willing to, right, do that yeah. transformation, right. I don't want somebody listening to this and go, well, girl, I'm going to cheat on my husband, I'm going to cheat on my man, because this will be best. No. <laughs> it's not a pass. No. It's not a pass, and that is not the, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking whatever relationship you're in, wherever you are, hopefully without the adultery, that you understand the importance of doing the emotional work that's required that God is calling you to in marriage. I am convinced that marriage is for healing. I am convinced of it. There's no, you can't tell me that marriage. People say, oh, marriage is for for having babies. And uh, no, marriage is because God knows that. Even when, when I think about it in Adam and Eve, like there was some healing that had to be that happened, even in this perfect utopia. Yes, this had some insecurities. I always say to this: Adam couldn't have been the best husband because what would make this woman so desperate for conversation? She would talk to a snake. Girl, mm. now you just shifted that that scripture. <laughs> and we have to think about it because remember, Adam had to be told he was alone. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have this desire of connection. <laughs> That's right. He was connected to God and to his purpose, his purpose being out there naming things. And he had a full vision. He was cool. Adam was content and, you know, he was happy. He was fine. Yeah. So I had to start thinking like, what would make her be comfortable? Either I said this, every animal talk. <laughs> 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 because 
if no animals talking, all of a sudden the snakes start talking, you're like, what the what? Right. <laughs> yeah, they must have had that um Dr. Doolittle spirit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, if, you know, you know, I just finished talking to the rat and I supposed to have a conversation with the lion. So the right. snake talking is no big thing. But I figure she had to be mighty lonely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what we are. We're in marriages and we're lonely. And so therefore, when someone is listening in the tenant, they can get your ear. My husband was in a marriage and he was lonely. There was a part of him that without me realizing, I wasn't allowing him to share with me. I wasn't, I wasn't willing to see his brokenness. And every time he tried to give it to me, I kept packing. It's okay, it's okay. You know, we do that as parents, as moms. We, it's okay, it, your child, um, it's okay, it's not okay. It hurts, <laughs> right. it's okay. I do that too sometimes as you bring that up. It's like you want to quickly comfort something, but you don't want to confront it. No. Yes, that's good. You, you want to quickly say, come on, come on, pick yourself up, guy. But it's like men can cry too. You know, it's like, yeah, I always tell Q, I'm like, it's okay, Q, let it out. It's okay. <laughs> what do you say, Q? Um... I, from a man's perspective, I think it just, it takes time to find a place of comfort to be able to really go to that level, even if it's your wife. Um, it just feels like, I think it feels like vulnerability for men. It's just not our, not our common nature. nature mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it just takes time. But it's, it, it, like you said, it takes working on yourself being intentional about yourself yep and q has definitely because we got together in 2014 well not together that's a whole nother story but anyway we were in the talking stage as people call it and so but we officially got together in 17 but long story short q was definitely the quiet type you know like i ain't gonna say i'm not gonna say too much i'm not gonna do too much i whatever i'm thinking is right here you don't know and right. so it took even over that three year, four or five year time span for him just to break that layer off. So we got past the solid layer. So now we're getting into the slowly talking layer. <laughs> um, eventually, I'm gonna get to the vulnerability layer. So, <laughs> and, and we've got we we definitely um, that layer has been hit too. Yeah, um, we hitting that layer. I think it's more so it's helped us come together through our family like seeing that um seeing the bigger picture of our marriage that just us and our unity and being on one accord is helping somebody else in our family yeah because our our cousin actually listens so if you're listening hey (laughs) but our cousin she let us know like keep going keep going like you're helping us and our cousin is probably what 20, 20. 20 or 30 years older. Wow. And it's like, oh, we the new kids on the block. But <laughs> you know, God would download some things to you yes. that will bless somebody else. So Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like I grew right before Andre and I got married, I um rented this video that I didn't even I know it had to be God led because it, it was a type of video I wouldn't have picked out by myself. And when I got home and I was like, what? Who picked this out? Like, 
and I was by myself. So, because normally it's the kind of video that Dre might have picked out these independent black, you know, low quality. I'm like, I don't, I don't do that. Because I'm a graphic designer, so I'm all about what's pretty, you know, like that. So I was watching this video literally weeks before we was to get married, and it happened to be about this couple who was, they were Christians. I don't know if they was ministers, but um, they did this retreat. And they was taking these couples to the retreat, and the, the wife was asking questions like, what examples of marriage have you seen in your family? Um, what looks like a healthy marriage to you? So I'm literally, I'm going like, wow. So I start ask, answering the questions too. Yeah. And I realized listening to her do this, and it's a movie. It wasn't even a documentary. It's a movie. I didn't have a healthy example of marriage in my family. Mm-hmm. And so, and my mother had um, nine sisters and two brothers. And my dad's family is just as big, but I didn't see it, right? So then it helped me to realize, Andre, now we gotta be intentional about this marriage thing. Like we gotta be intentional about creating a marriage. And for the first few years, again, we was kind of free flowing. Yeah. Um, We was trying to make it look different from anything we've seen, but we didn't have a model. And I, I remember like God taking me through this training. I took, I took a job working for a Christian organization. I thought I was going to be the creative director. And after being there for a year of being fully frustrated every day, because these people could care less about my input. And I'm going, why'd you hire me? And um, God had showed me to pitch the, the company in a dream. Like he showed me the, so I knew he sent yeah. me here. And I said to him, after a year, I said, Lord, why did you send me here? And it was this, I could hear him say, I'm so glad you finally asked. <laughs> and so, <laughs> a year of frustration. Yeah, a year of frustration. And he began to use my time there because I worked for a television station before. So I don't work listening to music. I work listening to note like um talking. Yeah. And so working in that environment, I thought, well, this is a Christian organization. They probably wouldn't be cool with me watching Grey's Anatomy at work, right? <laughs> yeah. Television station didn't care. I watch Oprah every day. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Um so I started listening to Christian online ministries because I needed talk around me. I just cannot work in a quiet room and I don't want to listen to music all day. Yeah. And so I'm listening to all these ministries that talk about marriage. I found Marriage Today, which is amazing marriage ministry. Um, focus on the family. Um, there was one other one. But they, they talked about being a wife and a godly wife and how to raise children the Christian way. And I'm going, now God was a Christian, was going to church, but I never heard the talking, the teaching at this level. Right. And that's when I'm like, okay, oh, God is training me. And he began to train me. And so he had literally prepared me for the moment when Dre said, let's take a job abroad. But can you say you can't work? You have to homeschool the kids. Oh. And I learned all of that, like listening to this ministry prepare my heart that when he says, only way this is going to work if you homeschool, because I mean, she talked about homeschooling. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And so it just, this is God, again, doing a new thing in our family. Took me out of the work environment. Um, I became a stay-at-home mom. I have a different relationship with my children. I know them. And then at that point in their life, I knew what they was learning because I had to figure it out to teach it to them. Yeah. And so we are an interesting, like, little family of four that have lived all around and traveled a lot. But but we, like, our unit is so strong. It's so strong. And the gift that I've been able to give my children was a gift that I didn't have. I, I grew up with a single mom. 
-hmm. they get to see marriage like we share with them the real stuff like you know my children they knew that daddy and i and i was going through a hard time at the time we was going through it they didn't understand what caused the problem yeah. but they understood that tuesday night daddy go see his counselor and then on thursday night mommy gets on these phone calls and daddy takes us away and we didn't try to hide it from them we would say you know daddy told them my daddy did something to hurt mommy you messed up really bad but we're going to work really hard to make it work and so they you know because children know they know in their souls and we have this crazy thing about well i must i just stay with them for the kids and the kids know something's not right if you're not working on your marriage and you're staying with a person for the sake of the kids you're destroying your kids because they they're taking on all this internal stuff and they know but they don't have the language to figure out in their minds what's happening right my son used to say before we went through this process at the age of about four or five he used to say to me he says mommy daddy smiles no he said daddy laughs but he doesn't smile mm. i said your daddy smiles he says no daddy doesn't well all those years andre was dealing with depression i didn't know mm. he was having bouts of depression when we went through all we went through he saw his therapist he went through all of you know god broke him wide open revealed to him all of the stuff that he was carrying created a way methods for him to get out of that mm -hmm. bryson at the age of 12 no he was a, he was 11 he came to me he says mommy i said what well, he says daddy smiles now oh out of the mouth they of know. babes <laughs> they know and i just keep trying to tell people like you can't don't think you're hiding anything from your kids they may not have the language to what's going on but they know when mommy dad something's not right they yeah. feel it yeah and so we're making them suffer when we don't communicate with them at a place where they can have language to to figure out oh this is what's going on with my mom and dad and when we make them feel safe like bryce and brianna they have no doubt those are the two coolest confident kids because they're like my parents are good like no matter what like we can be talking about and i'll kick you out you know playing with each other they're like y'all ain't going nowhere right right <laughs> <laughs> how old are they now um bryson's 18 and brianna will be 16 in two weeks in two weeks oh well tell brianna this brianna said yeah hey. <laughs> that is so wow that's a powerful testimony yeah. of doing the work to make the marriage work yes yeah which makes the family work yeah mm -hmm. and it and so you know you had talked we talked a little bit about like how do what do we what is our marriage like now our marriage have vision Mm -hmm. Every year as a family, first of all, first Andre and I are gonna we're gonna sit down and figure out what is it you want, Kanisha? What does Andre want individually? What are my dreams? What are your dreams? Like right now, Andre's living one of his dreams. He wanted to be a principal. He's an assist he just got a job as an assistant principal. Okay. In Carolina. So, okay, so I had to figure out, okay, I wanted to be a coach and a speaker. All I ever wanted to do, I would visualize and see myself on stages. I didn't know what that meant years ago. And so when my dreams start coming true in all places, Beijing, China, I'm like, God, you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Serious. <laughs> right. All the way in China. All the way in China. <laughs> Only he could do that. But we but the cool thing was because now I'm attuned with the vision, the dreams that he put inside of me, Andre's attuned. We can now keep each other accountable. How are you doing? Like my husband at one point, because out of kind of desperation, he was about to take a job as a teacher. Mm -hmm. not the vision <laughs> right and i said 
listen, I know out of your desire to provide, you're gonna you're doing what you have to do. And I'm gonna honor you. If you choose to take that job, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be your biggest cheerleader. But Andre, you know that is not the vision God has for you. Yeah. This is what baby's the only door that has opened today. Today. Now that's good. That door opened today. Today. And he said, okay. I said, but I'm I'm your ride or die. We're gonna go and look at houses in this community to, for, for you to be a teacher. <laughs> It, that sounds very familiar. That sounds very familiar. I, I yeah. heard that before quite often. Because I'm an educator. So he's always like, what you going to do next? I'm like, I would like to teach kindergarten and then eventually go into, you know, higher up, maybe like a coach and curriculum coach or something like that. But mm-hmm. I'm, I just desire to do more social emotional work with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that interventionist, but I, only one position came open in this, a local area, but I applied, but look, it wasn't my today. So, <laughs> but you know, he had, he said yes to the job, but he reached out to the, this other job who was counter. They was talking to him about being the assistant principal, but they wasn't ready to jump. Mm-hmm. And he says, Hey, you know, it's been great. I've enjoyed the conversation, but I'm about to take this job. And he was like, Whoa, wait. Okay, we we make a decision. We we want to hire. Oh, and so that's how he he got the job as the assistant principal. And he was he looked at me. I said, I told you, like I because God had told me he said tell Andre to apply for jobs he think he doesn't qualify for. Mm. And so because we you know with my vision like I'm here I'm new I'm I don't know what to do like I'm like how am I gonna get people to know about my coaching people in china seemingly to me they had disposable income so i'm not asking for that amount of money to invest in their they they saw it as an investment and they would do it so i'm like lord and my husband said your job right now is to continue with your craft like i'm in school for pastoral um counseling okay he's like your job right now is to just do that like be great at that he's like don't worry about the money right now. And God told me, he says, when you focus on money and job, you will miss the dream. And if you stay clear on the dream, I'm going to provide. And I said, okay. So I have to remind myself every day. I lack for nothing, but our minds are making us think, you know, oh, Lord, what am I doing? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what do you need? I'm like, oh, I don't need anything. Right. So what are you panicking about? Uh, um, the mind, my crazy mind takes me to these scary places. And so, but the partnership of the, 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 my husband and even the kids are remind me, mom, what do you mean you're not doing anything? Do you see the difference you're making? But Bryson would be amazed that because he, he's 18. So in China, it was, I felt more comfortable with my son roaming the streets of China, the city at wow. night, right? I was ever, never worried about a police officer beating my son or um, it was it was a level of safety there. Maybe I was too comfortable, but I'll be full disclosure. From the time he was like sixteen, Bryce could go out and stay out to like two in the morning with his friends because of the kids. They are just different. Like they don't. Yeah, yeah. I like they're not, yeah. yeah, they're not trying to hook up. They're not. I'm not to say that there are kids over there having sex, but he knew his values. Um, they can drink. You, I could at twelve years old, your kids can go buy alcohol. In China. Oh. Wow. 
So like his decision to drink or not to drink is his decision. It's not about the law, right? Mm-hmm. So, That's good. Like, mm-hmm. He had decided. He was like, I'm not, I do not want to drink alcohol until I'm older. Okay. So we, you know, we allow him to have, this is why I tell them, I said, we teach you our values so we don't have to parent your behavior. Yes. So yeah. your goal is to live up to the values. And if you don't understand the values, then we failed. Like you need to know our values so that way I'm not parenting your behavior. And I tell the kids all the time, like, I'm not going to tell you, don't do this, don't do that. Because what to me that means is we just agreed that you're just, you're going to do those things, but you're going to keep it a secret from me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't watch pornography. Okay, mom. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Click on <laughs> we do we do uh, i i think that it was like behavior you know from our parents like mm-hmm. in yeah. general you've yeah. always heard people say don't 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 right like nobody because they tell us in school you know as educators uh redirect their behavior do positive yeah. reinforcement so don't say don't say we use walking feet right <laughs> don't say don't run we use walking feet so actually give the command you want to see (laughs) yeah also make it so important to them like so what i did with with for instance with pornography because my kids know way more about the internet i mean the computer than i do people people like well you can put a block on it i'm gonna have to get them to help me put the block on like (laughs) (laughs) you gotta call the people you're trying to block to block it (laughs) they know the password So I said to them, I said, okay, here's the thing. This is why pornography is a problem. And I explained to, you know, there are cases where men can't perform with a woman in the room because their mind goes to pornography. So we talk about the results. Yes. Of the so therefore, you know what? Listen, I can't be with you 24 hours. What you do in secret, I can guilt you the, the Lord knows. <laughs> we, I, her look, that is a, that's a line right there. The Lord know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. so do everybody else I got caught with. <laughs> so I just parent them and just, you know, we, we, we talk about everything. Yeah, that's something that we talked about too, like having more conversations in the mm-hmm. future. We don't have kids yet, but that's something we've talked about. So And yeah, we I think we were just talking about it the other day. I think that's a great way to do it. And it's definitely gave us some pointers just in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um I was single family, single parent. Um I grew up kind of fast, had to take on a lot of responsibility. But even um, what I noticed was usually when you grow up fast and you take on a lot of responsibility at a young age, you miss part of some of your childhood. It gets missed and you begin to live it out in your 20s. Some For some reason, it's like your 20s, something you can tell. Uh, it's like a back track. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know how people say, let me get that back pay. It's like... <laughs> It's like you want to let me get this last moment in because it didn't come out in my teens. <laughs> well, because you have all the freedom now, right? Right. You have access and the, the liberty and the freedom and in your 20s to do right. all this stuff. I remember I heard this ministry 
where this guy was saying his father, he was sharing, he was a pastor, and he talked about how he had this list of movies <laughs> his children couldn't watch. Uh -oh. And all these things that they couldn't do and how his son, when he wanted to get a tattoo, his son was saying to him, like trying to be spiritual daddy, which scripture should I get? And he'd sent him to the scripture that said, don't mark your body because he was very legalistic. Yeah. And he said his, when his son turned 18, moved out of the house, got his own apartment. He went, and back then this was when they had DVR, DVD, I mean, not DVD, but the, the VHS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That brother went and bought him a, a player and went and got every movie and locked himself up in the house for two weeks and watched all the movies his father told him he couldn't watch. Oh, but his God. dad realized and the damage he did was they didn't have a relationship. Yeah. So here he was, a good pastor over his flock who didn't have a relationship with his children because he was so legalistic. Mm. And my thing is, I one, I believe the word. God yeah. says that um, love covers a multitude of sins and that nothing can separate you from the love of God. So I teach my children that. So I'm not going to use guilt to lead them and guide them out of sinful things. I'm, I let them know full well, listen, go do it, but know there are consequences. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what they look like. I'm, I, don't, I don't have the time nor energy or the mindset to monitor everything you do. Yeah. You have to have that. You, you all both are at the age now where your relationship with God has to matter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Eddie and I are responsible for our relationship with God. We can see it. Like, I, I'm very, I can tell. I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm out of order. Like, I can tell when God is like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try to teach them. When everything looked chaotic and a mess, you too far from God. Yes. Mm -hmm. God is where peace is. And, you can, and what I love about God is he's immediately, you can get right back there, immediately. But, and you don't have to be perfect to be back there. You don't have to fix nothing, get back there. You just run. You run as fast as you can back to back his to heart, him. back to the center of him. And even if, all, if your only run is, Lord, I have messed up, please. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, it doesn't have to be this, oh, Father God in heaven, please, in the name of Jesus. Like, stop it. Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> just tell it. Just tell it and just be real <laughs> with him and allow, know that I, I try to teach all, everything is a lesson. Everything is a lesson and a blessing. Like right now I'm trying to get my daughter, she's 16, she turned 16. I said, please, I said to her on the ride here, I said, please put something in the world that you're going to fill at. Just get it out. She writes, she writes wonderfully. She's scared to put it out. I said, please sell something, do something business-wise that scare you to death at 16. I said, Brianna, you have nothing to lose. You have no bills. Right. You have nothing to lose. Just but try you, it. Yes. I say, if you practice at 16, baby, your, your resilience is going to be like, yo, I'm, I'm used to messing up. Cool. I know how to do that. But stop yeah. saying save. She's like, you okay. You pick up her mom's book, Five Steps to Overcome. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I have to pick up my own book at times. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a good read. It really Thank helps you to you. check yourself. Yeah, I like how you said um, you have to change that powerless thinking to a powerful thinking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I had one person come, well, several people when I was in China would come to me and say, Oh, you teach po um, positive thinking. I said, Where'd you get that from? I don't teach positive thinking. 
I don't want you to pretend like everything is positive when your whole world is falling apart. Exactly. I want you to be aware of what you're thinking when your whole world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. So that you can understand that, okay, is it really my whole world is falling apart or is it just my mind is full of thoughts? Right. Like I said, because of our transition, I knew how to make money in China. Yeah. Right. I have to figure out how to make money in America. So my mind was telling me, you're a failure. You haven't accomplished anything. Like literally, these are kind of crazy thoughts. I was probably, you haven't accomplished anything. Here you are. You've been away for 10 years. And what have you done? And then I had to say, wait a minute. What have I done? I've stood on stages before like major people. I've gotten paid to show up for it in a room. I work, run workshops. Better yet, I've impacted people's lives. I've made a difference, a change. People have sent me messages saying, thank you so much for what you said, what you did for your workshop, for your, you know, the speech I was at. I, oh my God, Kanisha, I was on your webinar. This lady came to me one time. She said, you did this webinar that changed my relationship with my father. Thank you. She was in tears. Mm. She said, thank you so much. I had no idea she was on a webinar. But Satan will make your mind think that you are useless, you worthless. And so that's why you have to, that's why I say it's powerful thinking, not positive thinking. Meaning yeah. you have to be aware of where is my mind taking me? And how, am I, how long am I going to let him take me on this crazy trip? I call it crazy town. Yeah. <laughs> it can really take you there. And it's all in your mind. And you look at your reality and you're like, I'm in a safe environment. My food, you know, I have all the food I need. We actually got money in the bank. Like, are you crazy? Oh, okay. It was crazy. Money <laughs> <laughs> in reality. Right. So that's why I, I do a lot of teaching on relationships, but also when I say the relationship that you have with yourself, what is your mind thinking about? Like, think, you know, Joyce Myers says, think about what you're thinking about. I like to say, yeah. be mindful of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, a, be, we have to learn to really get into where our thoughts are taken. One of the things my husband and I, one of the things we do a lot of times is if I say something and Andre's face goes to full on defense, like you can see, right? Yes. I'm like, whoa, what you just hear me say? Right. <laughs> He'll say, when you said I don't do that, I said, like, whoa, that's not what I said. What I said is, and he's like, oh. Or he can say something and I will get super offended and he'll be like, what, you th what did you hear me say? You said that I don't never do. He's like, I didn't say that. I know. Sound like you. Yeah. And <laughs> so the monster, like the mind, what's hap what is my mind telling me and what is really happening? Happening. Mm -hmm. And being able to check that. You know, I, even with the kids, sometimes I can say something. My daughter goes to 500. Bryson shuts down. I'm like, what just happened? Mm. Like literally one day I walked in the kitchen and I said to Brianna, Bri, how you clean the kitchen and you ain't walk off the table? She went off. All y'all ever do is see what I don't do. Da, 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 da. I was like, wait, what's happening? She was like, well, all y'all, you always always point out what I know. I said, wait, wait, wait. All this rage has nothing to do with the dishes. What's happening with you? Mama, it is. I said, no, it's not. Mm -mm. And when you're ready to talk about it, you come to me. And she calmed down. She came to me. She says, I am so lonely. Hmm. It's like quarantine. So I'm, yeah. lonely, I'm bored. I feel like I don't have any friends. And I said, I knew all of that <laughs> was not about no table. <laughs> right. Right. So learning not to engage with the 
the hurt and the pain, but seeing the hurt and the pain. Yeah. So if I would have got in an argument with her about, girl, you don't do this and you don't do we wouldn't have got to the surface. And so Dre and I have learned how to even do that in our marriage so that they can even start doing that too. The kids can do that. Yeah. What, just what, what, what are we really arguing about? What are we really talking about? What are the insecurities you're really feeling right now? Because I just pushed a button that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, can we talk about that instead of the trash? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And then look, that's another resolved, the trash can't wait. Yes. And then once we get that resolved, then can you take out the trash? But we don't even <laughs> talk about trash. <laughs> there you go. This is not about trash. Yeah. I used to think it was about the um the socks on the floor. Right. So, way yeah. deeper. Yes. <laughs> so this next question I have for you is it's kind of along the same lines. And I, you may have heard it in your profession, but we have heard people say, I will never get married or I'm not getting married because of the hurt I went through, the eggs I had, the low self-esteem. What are some ways a person can work through said situation, yes. the thought process? So your, I, I call it like the I, I would nevers. Okay. Your I would nevers are your, your wound indicators. Ooh. So I teach about soul wounds. So the soul being your emotions, your thoughts, and your behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. So I have this crazy belief that in the beginning of the Bible, I'm a Bible person, that when God said, when he created male and female, and he said it was good, that we were good. People, we always run to Adam and Eve's story, and we run to sin, and we go past the fact that when we started, it was good. It was good, yeah. It was good. And so I believe soul wounds are the anything that, gets us to a place where we no longer believe that we are good, mm -hmm. right? And so when, when people, women, maybe even men, I think men maybe do it differently, um, go into agreements of their nevers, that's a soul wound, a thought or belief that is false, that make, makes them think that they have to protect themselves from ever being hurt again. But the only, the thing about keeping yourself from being hurt is you also keep yourself from being loved. Yep. Mm. And so I, I say that when you, whenever someone comes to me with their list of I nevers, I'm like, what? Let's, let's heal the wound. The wound of rejection, the wound of abandonment, the wound of um, feeling worthless, mm -hmm. the, the, the wound that made you feel like you got to control everything. And how do you begin to heal the wound? You recognize it, you acknowledge it, you have to know. So, okay, I, when I start learning this, I learned that my wound is rejection. Okay. Somewhere in life, I got the message that I'm not wanted. Probably, had, and I know exactly the source, like my parents, single parent, saw my dad, he had a family. So as a child, I made up in my mind, he picked them and not us. Right. Mm. And so all of my stuff with my, comes up for me is, you're going to pick them and not me. You're going to be her friend and not my friend. Mm -hmm. So my rejection, my want of rejection. So I used to do this. Well, I'm going to get rid of you before you get rid of me. You say something, oh, I'm done with this relationship. Forget that. My, uh, uh. Right? And I, I got a billion reasons why I need to let this chick go or let this friend go or let this person go because they all of these things. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because I wasn't looking at my own rejection room. And God really showed it to me on my job. He was like, can't nobody say a thing to you. <laughs> you take everything personally. 
you're a graphic designer you where people are going to critique your work and right. you they don't like you if they don't like the design it has nothing to do with you the design doesn't work and i'm like what is that Right. And God said, sweetie, I can only heal to you what I reveal to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so he, all those years, he was trying to reveal it, but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to show you, it's not that picture. It's not that, right? <laughs> and I'm like blocking and being pitiful and in my pity party and they don't like me and forget them. Oh my God, like I was the victim, right? I feel you on that because I do, I, I mean, I don't, I basically do social media marketing. And so there are times, like you said, where it's like you've done all this work and then somebody gives you a negative response and it's like, well, do the work yourself, you know, but it's like, no, it was literally the work. It was not, it's not you, despite all you done put into it, it's the work itself. And so I just, I, I too got to, Keep working on that area. <laughs> yeah. And so once you recognize the wound, you can then say, wait, am I making decision or is my wound, am I making a decision for my wound? Mm-hmm. And when I started learning this, it just got real magical where I literally would have, some people don't, like, I'm hard to be in a relationship with now. And I, I fully understand that because I want to have authentic relationships. And I have one friend right now who she is in it with me. And I got a second one who she's coming aboard. We were friends <laughs> years ago and she's coming aboard because she's kind of going through her own awakening. Oh, and yeah. We, so a conversation, this, this is the kind of weird stuff our conversation sounds like. Hey, when you didn't call me, I told myself that you didn't love me no more. Is that what's happening? She's like, girl, no, I'm over here. Because she's, she's back in China. She's like, no, I'm over here in my own like cave struggling yeah. with that i'm sad and depressed and, and i have a bad habit of when people she's like when people leave you knowing i tend to do out of sight out of mind that's my way of protecting my heart yeah she's like but i do want this friendship like so you have every right to send me a message and be like hey knucklehead come out of your cave and get on the phone and talk to me yeah. and so i so she's giving me permission to say Hey, right now I'm telling myself this story that I sent you a message and you ain't respond. And my story is, TT, don't love me no more. And she's like, you can't tell yourself. So we have these conversations that to other people would be like, that sounds crazy. But it's authentic in that we don't have to, I don't have to make, I don't make assumptions about my girl, my friend anymore. She is my heart and I am hers. So I don't ever tell myself stories like, if TT doesn't respond, it's because she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. My rejection wound would have said that. Yes, I feel you on that completely. Because I went through that stage too in college because one of my friends got married early in college and she made the statement, you know, well, you're single and I'm married and so it's just going to be different now. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of got to me because I'm like, we went through all these years together. I mean, I met her in sixth grade, yada, yada. But, you know, then you fast forward and I'm a graduate of college and I have friends that are younger than me and they felt like I left them, you know, because I left college. But it's like, no, I didn't leave you. I just left this situation. And so, yeah, we had to work through that same thing. So that's, that's a very good point, And I can agree with you. Yeah. And so learning that a lot of stuff that come up for us is the soul wound wanting to be healed. It's trying to reveal itself. And when you begin to do the work of that, then you can get into relationships with people and understand, 
wait a minute, is this what's happening or is this my wound? Mm-hmm. And so then you can remove your, I'm never going to love again, or I'm never going to get in this relationship again, because you are now dealing with your own stuff and you're not putting it on the other person. Yes. That's so good. That's a powerful yeah. thought. Yeah. Go get the book. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have uh, about two more questions for oh, you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next question is, what are some creative ways to keep the morale in the relationship? Mm-hmm. So um, when, when Dre and I saw them in abroad, one of the things we committed to was we committed to date night. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a, we'll get around to it. It was a commitment. Mm-hmm. And it was such a commitment that I remember, when, so we're living in the UAE. I loved it there. It was beautiful, you know, warm. It went from warm to hot. Yeah, <laughs> we moved to China and it was cold, right? And I don't do cold. And I remember one night um, he was out tutoring and he texted me. He says, "Okay, where are we meeting?" And I'm like, "Bruh, it's cold. Like I'm, I'm not coming out there." And he was like, "But we have to. This is date night." And so he got the kids involved. He's like, "It's date night. Mommy won't leave the house." <laughs> and so they were so on board right and this apartment we was in was upstairs downstairs they came downstairs and they said mom we need you to go to your room for a little while they set up downstairs for us put, put out a movie put out blankets on the um couch pop popcorn and they was like we're gonna stay upstairs so you and daddy can have your date night so date night was non-negotiable that's and sweet I, yes and so that and then as particularly as a family like everyone was in on it wednesday nights is mom and dad date night so then later it switched thursday nights so we're intentional about date night but we're also intentional about like laughing and having fun mm-hmm. like we will call each other out on when's the last time one of the things i realized i had went to visit um, my cousin in dubai and i stayed with her several nights and when i went to bed i started realizing like oh dre and i laugh and play before we fall asleep and because, you know, I'm, I'm there by myself, this is when I realized it. So I missed yeah. it. And so now if we have those moments, like there could be an all out argument in our family it, between Andre and I, if he, he like, how you gonna let me go to bed and don't kiss me? Like, I was like, well, why you? I fell asleep. <laughs> but we have to like, <laughs> like for Dre, he is fully offended if I just roll over and go to sleep. Like, what you doing? And so we we have fun before we fall asleep. Like that's one of our little routines. Even if it's like you ain't getting in this bed tonight, and I'm like, every night I gotta prove my love, you know. So we got <laughs> it's just these little fun moments we have. And we also created a place where it's safe, where we can say the hard stuff to each other. Where mm-hmm. we're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna say something and it may hurt your feelings, but I need you to hear this. And then we're like. Okay, let me brace myself. All right, put my big girl pants. Go ahead, hit me, hit me with it. You know, and choosing not to be in, like recently my husband said to me, he said, you're really selfish. And the old me would have been like, but I do this and I do that. And I had to pull back and be like, yo, if you're having that experience with me, okay, I'm gonna check myself. So let me be intentional about being selfish. I'm an only child. I get it. Like, yeah, we've been married 23 years, but I could pull away and be in my own little bubble. And so creating that space. So those like three things we do. We just date night is intentional. Um, making sure we laugh and have fun together. And then three, creating a safe space where we can really say the hard stuff to each other 
and we're willing willing to hear it and not defend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No defense. This is not about you being right, me being wrong. It's about this is the experience I'm having. And it doesn't matter if you don't agree with the experience. I need you to know this is the experience I'm having in this relationship right now. Mm-hmm. That's good. And you know, earlier in our conversation, you hit the goals about you and your husband, what y'all doing. So we we are rooting for you guys. I know for us, we're yes. working on um, of course, building our podcast up together, and we also have an apparel line, and we too are coaches, and so we're still developing our coaching plans and things of that nature. So, I, I definitely know relationships and working together, you have to keep each other accountable. <laughs> so, that was a really good point earlier. But, um, the last thing we want to kind of get into is just sharing with our listeners how they could get coaching from you or just other, other projects you have coming up. Yeah, so you know what? So this morning I came up with this bright idea, and I'm going to start marketing for two weeks out. I want to do an online um, couple marriage, like think your way to a better marriage or relationship Mm -hmm. workshop. And the reason I want to do that is because, of course, right now with COVID and people being in the house, people relationships are really under stress. Yeah. And I definitely have done these workshops live, but I thought, okay. Maybe this will be my way of kind of introducing America to what I do. Um, so that's the next big thing that I have to, you know, market it and do all that. But putting out a relationship workshop where hopefully people will be willing to give me two to three hours of their time, workbook. And I like to do it where you can ask questions. Like I, these things where you purchase stuff and then you get there and it's a recording. I know. Like I get for the person who's doing that, they they balling and making money. I'm I want to I want to be with people. Mm-hmm. I, like my gift is yes to encourage and, and all that. Like I know my spiritual gift, but I I love this part. Like I love being in the room with you, not just be like go buy my program and have fun. Like no, I <laughs> I want to be with you through the thing. So um, people coach you can coach with me one on one. My program Awakening. I love that program. The reason I love that program because it's, it's six parts. Um, I said six and put up four fingers right there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's six parts, but I am always amazed at people who commit to doing the work in the program, how quickly they see results. And they are amazed. Like I, um, usually by about the third Mm-hmm. Um, lesson or session with me everything the stuff is starting to happen and flow and I'm talking about like seeing my clients get overwhelmed with I cannot believe how much this helped me I can't believe how this helped me to overcome procrastination I can't believe how this helped me to have like better relationships with my husband and my spouse my girl I, I was at work the other day and like I mean just these stories that I get <laughs> Um, for some people, my program, it really awakened them to who they are and they get to start creating and developing the kind of career they want. Yeah, you might can't change your job, but you can shift that thing to make it what it is you really want. Because like I said, when you get focused on job and money, you lose the dream, you forget. And God speaks to us through the dream, through the purpose, through the vision. And when we get away from that, that's when all the chaos and the hurt and the frustration and the, that sadness come, you know, that I feel lost. This is the word I hear. So they can coach with me one-on-one. You can find me at verythoughtfullife.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Like if you Google very thoughtful life, you're going to find me. YouTube, yeah. 
um, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I'm out there. I found, I found you too. I said, Google her. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been an awesome episode. You have just really inspired us yes. and helped us to uh, look assess ourselves. So I hope you guys have taken this same tools because she's dropped. She dropped a whole lot of nuggets, y'all. A whole lot. You should have ate up. This was an eight pack from Chick Fil A. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so, did you have anything else you want to add? Um, wow. I think we need to kind of get some coaching from you all when we start having kids. Because come on, come on. For Listen, us, that I love it because one of the goals we had we talk about setting vision, and I'm sorry, now you're going over. Um, when Dre and I got this new vision, one of the things we did, because we're Bible people, we said, which, which generational curse do we want to break in our family? Because I believe marriages are also created to break generational curses. And we wanted to break the curse of poverty. Bryson graduated from, from college, I mean, from high school, four-year scholarship, fully loaded scholarship to ah. college. That brother gets to start life without a student loan. Hallelujah. Wow. We're breaking some curses. And just the teaching of wealth, like we haven't hit our financial goals yet, but like I told the kids, the, everything starts with the mindset. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to teach that. So that's the way you break generational curses. And so yes, when you have kids, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But you do your work, do your healing so that you don't bring them into your cycle of brokenness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this has been yes. another episode of Resilient, Resilient Love. Love. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Resilient Love Podcast. We wanted to take this opportunity to also let you know that you can help us by committing to a monthly fee of $0.99, cent, $2.99, or $9.99. Those contributions help us to keep this movement of resilient love going. Blessings to all listeners and subscribers. Thank you all. Resilient, Resilient love. love.